Hi, I'm Alyssa Rumsey, and you are listening to Figuring It Out. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Figuring It Out, the podcast for millennial women starting online businesses, blogs, and podcasts they love. I'm Melissa Guller, founder of The Kindling, and each week I interview another amazing woman to learn more about her story, her challenges, and her best actionable tips to help you find your spark. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's show. I'm so excited to introduce our guest this week, Alyssa Rumsey. Alyssa is a nationally recognized registered dietitian nutritionist and the founder of Alyssa Rumsey Nutrition and Wellness. Alyssa specializes in intuitive eating, body image healing, and disordered eating recovery from a health at every size perspective. Through her one-on-one client work and online programs, she helps people who are frustrated with dieting cultivate a healthy relationship with food and their bodies. She's also the founder of the Dietitian Entrepreneur Mastermind Retreat, a biannual weekend retreat to help dietitians connect, collaborate, and build their businesses. In her spare time, Alyssa can be found traveling to far-off countries and, as a self-proclaimed foodie, exploring the expansive New York City food and restaurant scene. Alyssa, I'm so excited to have you on the show this week. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. So I know you have a few different arms of your business, but can you tell us how did you first get the idea to start off your own business? So I first decided to start my own thing. Well, it was sort of a process. I was working a full-time job and was working in a hospital for many years, loved it for most of that time, and started getting some media exposure. So I started getting some different kind of consulting jobs, people starting to reach out to me. And I had been looking for another job at the time, like another full-time job. And then I realized that if I took another full-time job at that point in my career, I was not going to be able to do this other stuff on the side that I had been doing. So when I kind of figured that out, I was like, okay, the only way for me to do all of these different things that I love is to create my own thing and start my own thing. And so I took the leap. The first year I did have a part-time job. So I took the leap from full-time to part-time, started building up my business, And then after a year, I quit that and have been doing my own thing now for three and a half years. Wow. So those first clients, when they were emailing you, what exactly were they asking for? So at the time, so I did have a website. So I had a web presence and like no SEO, like I wasn't doing anything for it. You know, this is five years ago. So social media wasn't the the big thing it is now. So it was really just kind of referral and word of mouth. So it was sort of like two arms at that point. One was people looking to work with a dietitian one-on-one, like do one-on-one coaching. And then the other arm was, I was in the media, I was doing a lot of media work. So it was companies who were looking to partner with me on, you know, interviews or different kind of consulting projects. And once you had those inquiries coming in, you then moved into your part-time work doing this on the side. How did your business continue to grow from there? Well, at first it was whoever would pay me. <laughs> so <laughs> The best first approach to take. Yeah. So I was like, whoever wants to pay me, I will work with you. So I didn't really have a niche. I didn't have an ideal client. I had no business plan. The part-time opportunity came up very quickly and I was sort of like, okay, you know, I live in New York City, so I could not, and I had no savings, so I could not just like quit my job and start this new business. So this part-time opportunity came through and it had full insurance benefits, which was amazing. And I was like, okay, this is like unicorn opportunity. I need to just take it. So I jumped and had no plan. So yeah, that first year was really just like 
you know, kind of like getting different stuff together and I was doing so many different things. And after that first year, year and a half is really when it started. I got to, you know, I was getting more increase and I was like, okay, let me think about what do I really like? Like where, what direction do I want to take it? Um, but that first year was just kind of like hustling to make ends meet. <laughs> Once you did hit that point, how did you figure out what direction you wanted to go? So I really do did and still do like doing the one-on-one, like working one-on-one with clients, but then also doing the media work. So it's sort of, you know, the one-on-one stuff is very rewarding and you get to work like very closely with people. But then with the media work that I do, which is writing, speaking, you know, interviews, that I get to reach a larger audience. So I like having those two arms. So I knew I wanted to continue with those two arms, but really it was about like narrowing down you know, my specialty area, my expertise. I have background in a lot of different areas like sports nutrition and clinical nutrition, all these different things. And it was really thinking about like, okay, what people do I get really excited to talk to? Like what clients do I get really excited to talk to? And then, you know, what topics do I get really excited to talk about? So it was really thinking about that sort of let me hone down more. Mm -hmm. And what does your coaching and your nutrition business look like today? So today I have, I still have those two branches. So I have the one-on-one coaching. I do all virtual coaching now. I used to do like a mix of in-person and virtual. Now it's all virtual. So even if my clients are in New York, we still are doing virtual meetings. That's actually interesting. How did you make that choice to go all virtual? (laughs) I love to travel. Mm -hmm. So I just really wanted to have that flexibility and not as much this year, but the past, like last year, I was out of New York for six months out of the 12. Wow. And still continue to work. So I really just wanted that flexibility. I really wanted to be able to, you know, travel for more than a week or two. And I talked to my clients every one to two weeks. So really in order to keep that up, I had to go all virtual. But also I just found too, for, for them, like my cancellation rate is like pretty much zero because, you know, these are busy people for the most part that I'm working with. They have full-time jobs, they have families, and it's like they can fit it in during their lunch hour or like before work and they don't have to go anywhere. So I found too that they really appreciated that. Well, I love that because I think for a lot of listeners, maybe they'd considered virtual coaching just to reach more people, but there are quite a few benefits for you, the coach yourself, like the flexibility that you're mentioning that are well worth considering, even if you do think people might be in your area. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I love it. And also too, you know, from like a business expense perspective and overhead, I know I work with, you know, mostly dietitians, but they're always like, oh, I don't know how to get started with like office space and like finding that. And, you know, it's expensive. Like even in New York, it's insane. But even if you're not in New York, that's can be a really big overhead. So it also allows me to keep my operating expenses pretty low and for sure, when I started out, it was great because, you know, probably I was doing half and half at that point. So from an expense perspective, that also was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Great point. So I interrupted you a bit. So what else are you currently working on in your business? So I'm still doing the other part of it, which is the kind of media consulting work. So I work with different like-minded brands to help them amplify their message and share their messages with my followers. I also do things like TV interviews or online interviews on behalf of the brands. And I do different blogging and writing content as well. Do you maybe have an example of a brand that you've worked with? Sure. So, I mean, I worked with the American Egg Board last year, and then I just worked with Kamut, which is a whole grain that I only recently discovered. And I had it and I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Like, I need to work with you guys. So it's typically food brands are mostly who I work with. And it's ones that, you know, 
I like and I eat and I already recommend and then just partnering together to to amplify the message. That's so cool that you get to work with like-minded brands, not just people doing exactly what you do or not just customers who need what you need, but the benefit of following a job or in this case, a business that you enjoy is so you get to be around more people benefiting from the things that you enjoy too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, when you talk about like multiple income streams and like diversifying your revenue, it's also been really great because the one-on-one client work can go up and down. So there's months where I'm not really getting any new people and then the brand work's really helpful to have there. And then vice versa, there are months where I'm not really doing much brand work and I'm working with a lot of clients. So it lets me, that's one of the things of being an entrepreneur, you never always know like where the money is coming from next. So I like having the multiple revenue streams because I'm never really worried about that because there's always like some thing going in one of the buckets. Let's talk more about this because not only do you have the buckets we've talked about, mm-hmm. but you also run your own, um, it's called the Dietitian Entrepreneur Mastermind Retreat. So you run this retreat. So can you tell us more about it and also how you got started and why you wanted to add even more on to what seems like a very successful business? <laughs> Good question. Um, so I created this just about a year ago. I launched the first retreat. And so this is a in-person weekend retreat for dietitian entrepreneurs. And it came about because, so as a dietitian, I have absolutely zero schooling in business. Like I think I maybe had to take one business course in my undergrad and I don't even remember like anything that I learned. So like no finance background, no business background, no marketing background, like nothing. So it was a really steep learning curve when I first started out. And I felt like I benefited so much from being in this, you know, New York is a big community of dietitians and I'd been in the field for a while. So I was really lucky to have a lot of mentors and people who would answer all these questions for me and really sped up my learning curve. And then I also had a friend in Los Angeles who a couple of years ago messaged me and was like, hey, you know, two other dietitians and I, we're going to get together and do this kind of like mini retreat thing. Just the the three of us, do you want to come out and join us? And I was like, sure, I'll come to LA for a weekend. And so we really did just the four of us, this kind of like mini mastermind retreat. And it was just, you know, again, I, I mentioned when I quit my job, I had zero business plan. And even in the first few years, I like wasn't really thinking about where I was going or I had no like income goals, like all of this stuff that is sort of like business 101, but that you know, that's just like not how my mind works and that's not anything I'd ever learned. And so spending that weekend with them and taking a weekend just to like plan about, you know, my business and think about where I wanted this to go and strategize and do all this stuff that like I'm very good. And this is, you know, a lot of people who are like the type A personality, like I'm really good at like getting all little details done, but like big picture stuff, I'm not great at. So it really like forced me to sit there and like do this big picture stuff. And at the end of the weekend, I was like, you guys, like we need to do this for other people. And, you know, we circled back around like a year later and they were at different places in their business. And I said, well, okay, I'm going to host one in New York. And I decided to do it in New York because my community of dietitians is here. And then I was just like totally shocked. I sold out in just a few weeks and half the participants were not from New York. They were flying in from all over the country. And I was like, okay, this is like a good idea. Yeah, I'm on to something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I started it to help dietitians connect and collaborate. You know, most of us are solopreneurs or just working by ourselves. And again, with like no business background, no one to bounce ideas off of and, you know, really to put everyone together in a room for a couple of days and I do training, so it's approved for CEUs, so they get 
credits, but then it's also I build in time for everybody to get personal feedback on a certain idea they have or a website or a social page or whatever it is that they're working on. I love that not only are you giving them, like you said, the training, the tools, the other people who have been there, but just the space, the time to actually create that kind of strategy, it seems, is such a huge benefit. Exactly. Because I cannot tell you how many online trainings I've done that either A, I don't finish the videos. That Mm -hmm. always happens. Or B, I finish it and then I'm like, oh my God, I have all this stuff to do. And then I never do anything with the content. So I've done that so many times. And there's some amazing online trainings out there. And for sure, that can be super helpful. But I really wanted to do this in person. And I still, people keep saying like, oh, you're going to take this online. You're going to do that to scale it. I'm like, I don't want to, because this is how it's different from everything else out there. And I just see such a benefit from everyone like being in one room together and, and really like giving them the time to not just learn, but also put it into practice. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure people suggest putting it online because you can reach more people. You can spend less of your time doing it. But I'm sure the truth is that the fewer people that you do reach in person are getting a much bigger impact based on the way that you are approaching it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So now I'm, so I'm hosting my third and fourth retreats this weekend and the following weekend. I'm actually doing, I added another one on this fall. I did one in the spring too, but I'm doing one for people who want to start a business. So aspiring or brand new entrepreneurs. Um, so I'm really excited about that. That one sold out super fast. So I was like, okay, there's definitely a need for this as well. But now I'm sort of experimenting too with, cause you're right. There's only so much scalability when it's like me and my time and. You know, I can only raise the price so much. So now I'm experimenting with bringing different sponsors as well and making some income that way too. And how are you finding attendees for these retreats? All just organic marketing. So I do, I've spoken at a lot of dietitian, like different state meetings over the past couple of years, different state and local and national meetings. And so at all of those, I have like a slide at the end that says, you know, the first year when I was thinking of doing this, so I was thinking of doing it in the fall and I was starting to speak at some conferences in January. And I'm like, oh, let me just like put up a really quick landing page with like an email grab, be like coming later in this year. And by the time I launched a couple months later, I think I had like 100 people already signed up on that email list. So I had like a direct route there. And then the more and more I spoke at events, like I always put that slide up there. And so combination of that and then through social media and then through word of mouth and people, I usually about half the attendees, you know, in the previous couple have heard about it from people that were there before. And that's such a great suggestion, too, to have a landing page where even if you're just starting to think about it, people can give you their email address and then later on you can get them more information. No matter how far out you are, even if it's just like an inkling of an idea, couldn't hurt to put a landing page together. Oh, I totally agree. I'm big, big, big on grabbing emails um, no matter what you're doing. But yeah, I was literally like, I don't even know if I'm going to do this, but let me just put it up there. And what pushed me over the edge to actually do it was I had a woman from Texas who I'd spoken at their state meeting. And in June, she emailed me and she's like, okay, like, when's this happening? When are the dates? And I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. Yeah, I guess people really want this. She's like ready to fly to New York from Texas. So so yeah, that really is what, and I, I told her this, you know, we've actually become good friends now, but that is what pushed me to to actually do it. But yeah, highly recommend doing that. That's so cool. There's one other thing I want to point out about your income streams, which is we talk about diversifying income a lot in the entrepreneur world, but you don't just have your same knowledge in different formats. You actually use different types of knowledge in different places. So you're working with people as a coach, then you're helping train other 
people to do what you do and take the knowledge that you've learned. And so I love that as your business has evolved and you've gained more knowledge, you found ways to share different parts of that knowledge with different audiences. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I've definitely honed down. I was doing lots of different things, which served me very well in my first and second year of business. But then, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to have different income streams, but if they're all like completely different, it can just be way too overwhelming. So I've really spent a lot of the last year trying to hone down. And then the one-on-one coaching, like I work with a very specific client. I work on long-term packages. So we're together for a minimum six months and then having this retreat as sort of the second and then some brand work thrown in there too. Mm -hmm. I love having you point out how it's evolved over time. That at first it was like, you want to pay me money? Let's do this. Let's work together. And then slowly as you added more, you realized you could call back. And then as you gain more knowledge, you can add and then kind of edit again. I think that's how most businesses develop, but it's easy to look at where people are now and assume it's been that way all along. Right. So anybody listening, just kind of, you know, start where people might pay you, test out different income streams, different interests that you might Mm -hmm. have, and just see how it goes. You don't have to have it all set in stone when you get started. No, definitely. And, you know, like I was saying to you before this, like, there's no way I would have ever, like, I'm very much a perfectionist. I'm like a recovered perfectionist now. (laughs) Being in business for yourself, like, you could not be a perfectionist or you're never going to get anything done. But yeah, if I would have waited until, quote unquote, like, everything was ready, it's never ready. Like, and so much of what I've learned has been just through trial and error Mm -hmm. and, yeah, evolving over time. And this is what I tell, you know, my mentees now. I'm like, wait until it's like, 70% 70% ready and then just put it out there because it's never, you're never going to feel like it's 100% ready. I love that. And I'm sure when you got started, there's no way you could have pictured where you are now. No. <laughs> like I said, I had no plan of what I wanted this to look like. My biggest thing, so I actually did, so I quit my full-time job and I had a vacation planned for, it was like a three-week vacation that turned into a four-week vacation accidentally. But during that time, I was reading this book called Just Jump. And it was, it had like specific prompts to walk you through about like, okay, what do you want your business and not just your business, but your life to look like? So here I was like across the world, like in Cambodia, in the middle of nowhere, and there was Wi-Fi. And I was like, I could be someplace like this and work. And then I was in Bali and I was like working in this little coffee shop one day. And I was like, okay, this is what I want my life to look like. So that sort of set the tone for, you know, yes, that first year I was doing stuff that was like locking me down in New York, but really with the long-term goal of taking on projects that were, you know, gave me the ability to go to Bali for a month and work from there if I wanted to. So that was sort of always like the underlying goal. And then over time, just sort of like, picking and choosing different projects, seeing what I like, seeing what I didn't really like, you know, honing that down. I think that's a great point. It's not that you had no sense of direction, no sense of what you liked or kind of a big overall goal or lifestyle you might enjoy. You just didn't have an exact plan of how you might get there. And it just kind of came to you, like you said, through trial and error over time. Right. Exactly. I also want to talk a bit about some of the challenges that you faced. And I know we've kind of touched on a few but every business goes through obviously the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about maybe the biggest challenge that you've faced so far in getting your business to where it is currently? Sure. So it was actually not that long ago. It was just last year. And so, like I mentioned, I've been doing one-on-one coaching like from the beginning. And when I first started out and kind of figuring out like who I really like to work with, I had come about and was doing, always sort of considered myself like a non-diet dietitian in that like I didn't prescribe a certain diet, but I sort of had gotten more into mindful eating and was, you know, trying to like use mindful eating to help with weight loss. 
was kind of my like niche and, and mostly women. And then, so after spending the first couple of years in business, like taking all these business trainings and trying to like catch myself up from that last year, I'm like, okay, like business is in a good spot. Like let's improve your counseling skills. So I was like looking online for stuff and found this online course um, on intuitive eating. And I'm like, oh, intuitive eating, that's like similar to mindful eating. Let me sign up for that. And oh my God, like my world was rocked from like day one of that online course because intuitive eating, like while at face value, it makes so much sense. It just turned out to be so much more of a mindset change. And like from that first, I didn't go into this thinking like, oh, I'm going to do intuitive eating, but all just like everything they were saying made so much sense. And intuitive eating is uncoupled from weight loss. So it's a weight neutral approach to health and wellness. So it's not focusing on weight loss. And so this whole time I'd been selling, you know, weight loss. And I was like, oh my God, like not only like, I was just like, I'd been a dietitian for almost 10 years at that point and just felt like I was starting all over again. And this is like a year ago. And and this is, again, where having the multiple revenue streams can come in so helpful because I literally, I stopped taking clients for a couple months. I was like, I got to figure my stuff out. I like threw myself into training and doing supervision with dietitians who have been in this field for years. And meanwhile, you know, I was able to financially still be doing fine because I had like the media work going. And then I, I held the first retreat last year too. But yeah, so it was this huge challenge because I just felt like not only was I questioning like where my, you know, business from the coaching perspective was going, but I was also questioning like everything I had done before and being like, oh my gosh, like I was really harming people with a lot of the stuff that I've been doing. So coming to like terms with that and then also figuring out like how to go forward not just with the coaching, but then like I was, you know, the writing that I do, I do some freelance writing and like the media interviews. I was like second guessing everything I was saying. So it was just this like really huge, like last summer was a really tough time because I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing right now? But came through it and my business has grown so much like just in the last like six to eight months. And I think it's because I took that time to really like, okay, let's take a step back and, you know, did a lot of training, like threw myself into that, like read a lot, listened to all these different podcasts, like figured out what my message was and like what I believed. And then started like, I finally like had this niche and like I knew who I was speaking to. And so, yeah, it's grown so much since then. Mm -hmm. What I find really inspiring about that too is you learned brand new information that, like you said, totally rocked what you had been doing for years. But instead of letting that kind of overcome you with fear, you said, well, let me learn more. And then by learning more, you were able to, like you said, shift your business to now it seems like a better place than ever. But I think it would have been easy to just kind of write it off and say like, no, 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 but let me stick with what I know. So yeah. oh, and I that consider you that. Shift, <laughs> oh, you're, you did. I consider, oh my gosh. There was many times where I was like, oh, it'd be so much easier to just like go back to what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But I always say to people like intuitive eating and like health at every size, it's like once you see it and like read the research and like you can't unsee it. Like it's impossible to go backwards. And even though it's definitely like harder and it goes against like all the conventional diet advice that we hear, it's just like you can't unsee it. And it's also just so much more rewarding. So once I really started to get into it and working with clients, I was like, okay, yes, like this is, it's hard, but like this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Easier may not always be better, just right. more tempting. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, before we go, I do want to have you just share a little bit more about what's next for you and some resources for listeners. So what is next for your business? What are you up to currently? 
So what I am up to now is I just launched my first online course, an intuitive eating crash course last week. <laughs> um, it's been a busy month and I'm really excited to launch this because I, you know, since I work with only a very limited number of clients, this is a way for me to help you know, more people with their relationship with food and learn about intuitive eating. So I just launched that last week. And for more information, you can go to my website, which is alyssaRumsey.com. Um, I also have a free Facebook group as well. It's facebook.com slash group slash ditch the diet support. And then I share lots and lots of good stuff over on Instagram at AlyssaRumseyRD. Awesome. And then I know now you do have strategy. You've, you know, moved into this world where you have something to look forward to. So what are your big goals for your business? Oh, good question. Um, I still feel like I'm never really thinking like more than one or two years down the, down the pike, but my big goals are to continue to reach more and more people with this intuitive eating message. Like I said, it's totally changed my practice and changed like so many of my clients' lives, like more so than I was doing before. And so I really believe so strongly in it. So I really want to create more products and more ways that I can reach people outside of just the the one-on-one coaching. And then potentially down the road, thinking of, you know, at some point bringing in some dietitians underneath me and starting to build more of a, a practice that way too. It's very exciting to think about. Yeah, exciting, a little scary, but it's, it is exciting. <laughs> well, if it's not a little scary, you're probably not thinking big enough. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go, what's maybe one resource or a book that you would recommend to listeners? Well, I'm going to say a podcast, actually. Oh, perfect. So I love the Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast. And especially since I've been dipping my toe into like the world of online courses and ebooks and I do some affiliate stuff that has been so, so amazing. And even if you're not doing passive income, like I just listened to an episode the other day that was with a copy editor for like sales pages. So I mean, so much of it you can use for, you know, even if you have like a brick and mortar or doing like in-person type of work too. But it's just like every episode is so good. I'm like taking notes and it's great. Yeah. Everything Pat does is great. You can find him at smartpassiveincome.com. Yeah. Great recommendation. And he's just a nice guy. I've actually met him (gasps) and he is just very authentic. He wants to give people tons and tons of value and his blog, his podcast, his online courses, they're all just jam-packed with info. Yeah. Yeah. I love his stuff. All right. Also, before we send you out, who is one businesswoman you admire and why? So... I would say the person that for most of my career I've looked up to is actually my old boss at the hospital. She was the director of nutrition at, she still is, at New York Presbyterian Hospital. And I've just always looked up to her because she, and she's been in that position for 30 years. So, you know, since before women were really like at the forefront or like heads of of companies and, and she's always just been like such a role model because she really advocates not just for herself, but also for her employees. And, you know, that was something that in a very male dominated world, you know, I struggled with. And so seeing her just like not really caring if people like her or not. And I think that's something always with females. It's like, I know I'm like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to like make someone mad or like upset them. And she was just like, you know, she was very nice, but she was just like, look, this is what needs to get done. And, you know, she was like super strong with that and just also like advocated so much for her employees. And so I've just always looked up to her for like her leadership skills. 
Mm-hmm. She sounds like a great role model. Yeah. She was call. a wonderful first boss for sure. Awesome. Well, Alyssa, it's been such a pleasure having you. We'll make sure to include links to everything you mentioned in our show notes, but listeners can go to alyssaRumsey.com to find everything I'm sure they could ever hope to know. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for joining us this week on Figuring It Out. You can find links to Alyssa's business and her social media in the show notes at figuringitoutpodcast.com. I also have a quick favor to ask before you go. If you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did, we would love you to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Reviews helps iTunes and new listeners find that you are enjoying the show and it helps them find our podcast. And I can't thank you enough for your feedback. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Alyssa Rumsey. I'm Melissa Guller and you've been listening to Figuring It Out. See you next week.